This episode of Outside the Echo Chamber is sponsored by Wilson Digital. If you're a candidate, political organization, or nonprofit looking to expand your digital presence, Wilson Digital has the expertise you need to make an impact. Whether it's social media advertising, banner ads, YouTube, search engine marketing, SEO, or web design, Wilson Digital helps you get in front of the right audiences at the right time to advance your cause. Learn more at wilsondigitalroc.com slash echo. Rochester, you're listening to Outside the Echo Chamber, the Liberty Talk Hour here on Rochester Free Radio, WRFZ 106.3 FM, the Liberty Talk Hour with Kevin Wilson and Sean Phelan. Yes. Welcome to this beautiful, crisp autumn morning here. We're live in studio, October 26, 2019. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I think so. It's I a nice day. I didn't notice. Didn't notice? Didn't notice. Gotta get outside, appreciate the peak foliage right now oh yeah all the leaves no yeah it'd be great to rake up soon very soon yeah no i gotta do that that's it's my activity probably today maybe tomorrow no, i live by the airport so i just hope like the wind comes oh <laughs> sorry my, my google's listening to our conversation yeah i'm uh, sure google is listening answers. in <laughs> hush google Oh, amateur radio at its best, folks. Yeah, uh, that's what happens. Probably no one even heard that, but, uh, yeah. It's all right. Oy. There's just, like, so much madness going on right now politically. It's like, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, so there's all sorts of stuff. Um, I know, do we want to go local and then maybe move up to national if we absolutely have to? Yeah, I guess. All right, so... All right, if we're going to do that, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about the DA race here in Monroe County. Um, So we'll talk about that. I know there's a bunch of other stuff going on. Most of it's just extensions of other stories you have, like uh, George Moses getting more indictments. Oh, yeah. Uh, And he kept stealing after he was under investigation, (sighs) which is just, oh, it's it's amazingly uh, uh, bold. Let's call it bold. Yeah, Um, brazen. Foolish. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's amazing. Um, but but the thing I want to talk about, as I mentioned, is the DA race. And, and this race has been really interesting to me. It's something that you know I've been following closely because uh, the Libertarian Party endorsed in this race. Um, and the the endorsement that the Libertarian Party came to, I'll just I'll just share a little of insider information on that. Is that Uh-oh. what what we had shared? Uh, we decided to endorse Sandra Dorley. Right, who is the the incumbent Republican DA in this race? And I'll tell you, I when the interview was first scheduled for Sandra Dorley, 
Uh, I told the person who scheduled the interview, another person on the vetting committee, why the hell are we wasting our time with this? Because mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't think she would be a good fit at all. I was just really? like I, I'd made a bunch of assumptions about what she does and turns out I was very wrong about them. So she actually received the uh, the libertarian endorsement from Monroe County. Yes. Wow. Yeah, she did. Okay. And you know, we did this after like a series of uh, of a couple interviews and and lots of email exchanges with both candidates because uh, the Democratic candidate, Shawnee Curry Mitchell, had approached the Libertarian Party. Well, I, we had approached her, actually. I had, I had asked her to, to come in for uh, a candidate interview because I saw her original platform. So before she cleaned up her site and you know sharpened up her message a bit, her original platform read like something I would tell an LP candidate to tone it down on. Mm. Right? Her original platform was like, uh, no more prosecuting marijuana arrests, no more prosecuting prostitution arrests, uh, end the war on drugs. And oh. it, yeah, it was like, I read all this stuff. I was like, huh, all right, great. That's who are you? And yeah, I was you, like, where have you been? I was like, yeah, that <laughs> sounds like a great thing. And, um, but, but when it came down to it, it was, it was interesting because as we started talking more and more to Sandra Dorley and more and more to Johnny Curry Mitchell, um, we realize that Sandra Dorley is actually the best liar, the better criminal oh. justice oh, candidate. Oh, 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 I mean, oh, sorry, we sorry. just as as we started asking these questions, um, some of the issues that are important to us, obviously, criminal justice reform is huge in these types of races, and it's something that you know. Again, I assume that we would be on the Democrat side for this. Yeah, that's kind of surprising, actually. Yeah, and uh, and it turns out that again, the, some of the stuff that Sandra Dorley is doing is. Honestly, it's like the type of stuff that we need to do to actually enact criminal justice reform in a real way, right? And and she had a she had a great interview. I, I wish she'd gotten into it more, but I, I get the audience wouldn't necessarily be receptive to it. Mm-hmm. But she was on Andrew's show on on Radio Free New York. Oh, okay. Uh, last week or earlier this week, whenever. Um, talking about what she does, what a DA does, and whatever. Um. So, so issues that were important to us, that uh, safe act was also an important issue to us, like how aggressively are you going to pursue like these gun laws for people who are otherwise law-abiding citizen? Uh, not, not surprising. Well, sort of Sandra Dorley was a Democrat and then became a Republican. And we oh, kind of asked about the safe act okay. laws, and she, we, we were kind of in more agreement with her than we were on the Democrat, who was just like, yeah, we need to get these guns off the streets, and like, yeah, I don't think we're pursuing it aggressively enough, type of thing. And we're like, oh, we need to start yeah. kicking doors in and taking guns. Yeah, no, she wasn't like that aggressive, people. you know. She was, but she was just like, yeah, obviously, like this is something we're gonna do. And and then she came out and started meeting with uh, like Moms Demand Action and all this other stuff. And we're like, okay, so she's she's not with us on that. And that isn't what lost us though. It's just a few other things, some of which I won't talk about because just we don't want to like drag up too many specifics from interviews. But on on criminal justice reform matters, Sandra Dorley's doing things like this, like right. She's helped expand like the opioid uh, uh, court program, right? So so like people who are caught in possession of drugs and have like a drug addiction issue, getting people out to a different set of court system that mostly focuses on treatment for addiction rather than punitive measures. Uh, she's helped expand some of the gun court things, which is, you know, in partnership with the city and in partnership with a lot of other people, which means that if someone like, you know, say like a 17 year old <laughs> guy in the city is caught with just a gun right. and it's an illegal gun, but he hasn't committed any other crime instead of sending someone to jail for several years because they're in possession of a legal gun, they do another type of program where they're able to, 
not go to jail. Obtain their license. <laughs> right. So, I mean, like, you know, again, having a, a handgun is still a crime, and it, as much as libertarians be like, well, everyone should be able to get a gun easy, you know, the the point is is to, to have these interventions where we're not sending people to jail, where because that person was carrying a gun, they're, they're much more likely to be involved in violence because, you know, 17-year-old having an illegal gun yeah. doesn't know the proper way to use it. That That is... A dangerous situation right like yes. there's there's a good chance that they could use that against someone yes it, even if it's in self-defense yes and it increases the possibility of violence right so the, the point of that program the the gun court is to try to get people out of there and to to get them on a better path than to just send them to jail which I, is kind of what the the old philosophy was like all right well they're they're danger to community chip them I, off. I spoke with a I spoke with a, a very liberal teacher this past week and about guns, and they were saying that it's stupid to fight it. We should just take every single gun away from every single person possible. And I said, then you realize the criminals are not going to be the ones yeah. willing to turn their guns in. She goes, she goes, good, then we'll be able to identify all the criminals. Yikes. All and right. I'm like, like... You have to wait for them to commit the crime, then you know that they're criminal. It's like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, so moving on with this. Um, yeah. The so the current DA also uh, stopped before the the law came into effect. They stopped prosecuting low level marijuana offenses. Mm-hmm. What they're doing before is they're giving people an ACD for a marijuana possession, which basically ACD. means, yeah, it basically what it means is that if you don't get caught with anything else, then the charges are dismissed. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but uh, what what when uh, again what ended up happening is that the uh, the current DA just said, all right, we're we're just going to stop prosecuting uh, low level marijuana possession charges. So unless there's a distribution thing, in which case they kind of evaluate or, those or greater than two ounces, I believe. It was. Yeah, greater than two ounces is is what the new law is. That that's still criminal possession in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so some of these things are like, all right, look, like these are the type of stuff that, that we've wanted to do, right? Like we want to effectively decriminalize like possession of marijuana. We want to effectively decriminalize like some possession of opioids. So people are getting treatment instead of getting punishment. Mm-hmm. You know, again, cause a lot of these people, are, they're very addicted. They, they need some help. Right. So like we want to, to find candidates who shared our philosophy that we'd rather get people healthy than send them to jail. Right, and just have a repeat offender. Exactly. Because they have a uh, drug problem, not a criminal problem. Right, So, and so those are the type of things that, like, oh, okay, so, like, these are the type of policies that we wanted to see. Um, and, and then, unfortunately, with with a Democrat candidate, we started to say, okay, well, she's actually, she was prosecuting drug crimes down in Georgia, and, and we found on her, her old website, and I think it's gone now, that she was the, like, the drug prosecutor down there, so she had sent people to jail for like crack cocaine possession and whatnot mm-hmm. um and she had also um she's also like the the lawyer for like the police in the city which is interesting uh from like a criminal justice perspective and that doesn't necessarily make her like on the side of police but she's the one who represents the police officers when something goes wrong mm. which is interesting that so all these are all the factors that like came into our decision, and I don't I, I don't explain that necessarily to sell you on Sandra Dorley, just to explain like why the Libertarian Party and why I ended up supporting Sandra Dorley, and now we've come to a strange nexus, right? Where it's become 
a sort of criminal justice issue race, right? And as it should be, right? I wanted it to be, I love that this is the conversation that we're having. Like, who can be the more criminal justice reform focused candidate, right? Because Sandra Dorley had made good strides to that. And I think Shawnee Curry Mitchell has a very good critique of the system as a whole, but her critiques of the Monroe County DA system specifically fell flat with me, right? Mm-hmm. Now, all that being said, what's happened recently is that the uh, a PAC in New York State called the New York Justice and Public Safety PAC has poured $810,000 into the Monroe County DA race. Wow. Now, they're an independent expenditure committee, which means they can't technically coordinate with candidates – um, so what they do is they just run like pro Shawnee Curry Mitchell ads and they run anti Sandra Dorley ads, right? Mm. So they run these like Shawnee Curry Mitchell is great on criminal justice reform and she has a great record, blah, blah, blah. And then Sandra Dorley, she did all these bad things, right? So that's that's what the ads do. Mm-hmm. They spent $810,000 on that. And what's even more interesting is there is only... I wish we had that kind of money. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> what's more interesting is that there is only... One donor to this pack in New York State. Oh. Care to guess who that donor is? Oh, let me think. Hmm. Who would be for this? I'm tempted to say one of Cuomo's people. No. Really? Think big right-wing boogeyman. The the equivalent of the Cokes. Right-wing boogeyman. Yeah, the scary. Uh, not not someone who's of the right, but someone who the right vilifies as a boogeyman. The right vilifies him as a boy. Al Sharpton. No. Oh. Not enough money. Larry Sharp. <laughs> not enough money. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely not enough money there. Uh... Can I just tell you? Donald Trump. <laughs> no, uh, it is George Soros. Oh. George Soros is the sole donor to this pack. That's ugly. Yeah, so it is just this guy... George Soros, right-wing boogeyman. I want, I want such and such as my DA over there in Monroe County. Yeah. Wow. And and so, and he's been doing this around the country, right? And like, I don't. The the weird thing is, is I don't necessarily have a problem with with him doing that because there are a lot of DAs races where like I'd kind of be like, well, yeah, he's backing the right person there, right? Like, because there are some really really bad DAs out there, and there are some DAs who are like. They are the problem in the criminal justice system. Like, you can change the laws, but, like, how DAs choose to prosecute people, to hold, uh, to, to advocate for holding people, to, you know, pursue drug crimes, things like that, they are, like, the core of the problem. Wouldn't it be great to be just that rich that you could just be, like, rich and petty to the point where, like, you have, like, an ex-girlfriend or something that did you bad and... You know, and and she lives in Rochester, so you're just gonna like totally throw all your money into the, into the uh, political races to yeah. destroy Monroe County. You know, <laughs> that'd be pretty yeah, he, pretty petty he does, for a rich person. <laughs> George Soros does have like fu money, like that's yeah, he he really does. Um, and so so he's dumping that money into the race, and again, I've come to the conclusion that I think he's he's wrong here. But but George Soros is a partisan, and so are many. The advocates of criminal justice reform, unfortunately, they can't see past like the R and D labels, and they yeah. just make assumptions based on those labels, which are sometimes correct, but they make assumptions based on these labels that don't necessarily mean they're enacting the policies that they think they're enacting. Um, 
And so he's poured $810,000, which is a crazy amount. Like, again, it's way more than, like, everything that, like, Sandra Dorley has, like, raised and spent for her previous campaigns combined. It's way more than we're spending on the, the county executive race. Like, it is... For a county level race in well, for a Monroe County level race, this ain't New York City. It's a a n- crazy amount of money, um, and it's so fascinating because you got all these Democrats, like the same Democrats who are like happy to be fine with this type of action, are also the same ones telling us to get money out of politics, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. Um, and and that's where you get like this strange thing that's happened. Um. Where uh, there's this incestuous relationship with some of the the groups in in Rochester, and it's interesting to see like people like Rachel Barnhart, who's a pro public financing of campaigns type of thing, which I don't agree with, but she's like criticizing Rock Citizen, which is like the local like Bernie Bros group mm. who backs a lot of the progressive candidates in there. That group, which she backs. Uh, yeah, I think so. Rachel backs the progressives, I know that. Well, she does back progressives, but she's in a fight with them right now, which is funny, because what's what's happening is, like, someone from that group appeared in that New York uh, Peace and Justice Pack video. Oh. So, it looks like, she she's sort of able to, it's like one of those things where she's able to do that, sort of, on, like, her own terms, but, uh, it looks like there's coordination between those two groups, which is kind of, uh, frowned upon. Um, you also have, so the, the Republicans ended up submitting a complaint. The Monroe County GOP submitted a complaint about what has, has gone on here, because mm. what they're alleging is that the New York Peace and Justice PAC is coordinating with the Democratic DA's campaign, right? Okay. And so what they're saying is that, um, <laughs> the film production team that filmed the, uh, um, the commercials mm-hmm. that the New York Peace and Justice Pack is paid for is called a uh, uh, Berlin Rosen, right? And didn't they hire somebody from that company? Or uh, I don't know. Oh. Uh, so so well the the campaign. Yeah. Yes, they did. Yeah. So Rin Reed, who is the campaign manager for Johnny Curry Mitchell, used to work for Berlin Rosen. Yes. So, kind of seems like there's some coordination there, and that's what at least the the Monroe County GOP is alleging. And it's also interesting because Rin Reed, I, apparently, uh, according to the the GOP complaint, had scrubbed her uh, scrubbed the the LinkedIn profile, mm-hmm. and so removed that and removed that from uh, her from LinkedIn resume. profile. So it, it looks like the. And maybe this isn't when, what's happening, right? But what it looks like is that they knew it was wrong. They knew it would look like illegal coordination with an independent expenditure committee, and they they, they tried to cover it up. They didn't care and did it anyway. Well, it, well, they well then they tried to cover it up as yeah. a thing. They oh, tried yeah, to like yeah, yeah. look like, make it look like the, the 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 organizations are further apart than they were. Right now, now I don't know. I have no idea. Like the, this is what the complaint is alleging. I don't know election law well enough to to be like, yeah, that's definitely that thing. Um, well, and, the, there is there is. A, I was reading into this a little bit, and there was there's degrees of separation. Right, and this person went straight from the production team to the campaign team. And there was no degrees of separation between the two, and that's really a big red flag. Yeah, so you got to be tricky. I mean, like, because 
I I have done a lot of research on this a couple years ago because I was thinking of forming a pack, right? I was looking into forming a pack. I was like, all right, I'm going to form this pack. I'm going to support people like Larry Sharp, whatever. Um, but then I realized, all right, if I'm going to do that, that means I cannot talk with people on that team. It means I can't coordinate with them. It means I can't later join their team. I, I've got to maintain that separation. And, and like what I ultimately decided is I'd rather kind of work directly and, and put my skills to use that way than, than run a pack. Um, because, again, the, the, the laws are so strict on your ability to be able to coordinate between, you know, a pack and independent expenditure committee and, mm-hmm. and the campaign itself. And, and I thought there'd be too many potential conflicts for me to be able to do that without risking getting in legal trouble, right? Mm-hmm. So I decided not to play fast and loose with the law, which is something that this campaign has done. So, again, it's, this whole thing's just really fascinating to me, mostly because, again, you have this confluence of I think that they're both relatively good at talking. Well, okay, so I'll say this. Johnny Curry Mitchell is very good at talking about general criminal justice reform issues that absolutely do need to be addressed. And, again, mm-hmm. I don't think she – her prescription for how to do that for Monroe County wasn't quite what I was looking for, right? Like it's – some of the things that she said that she was going to do either uh, were already being done or would need some different things to happen, right? Yeah. So pu- pu- Public hangings off the Liberty Pole wasn't cool. <laughs> no. That, that's, that's the Sean platform. Um, <laughs> no, so, no, no, no. Let's stop with the insults, okay? Because Sean's platform would be pay-per-view for that. Oh, boy. Okay, that would be mine. Oh boy. Anywho, uh, so what? So so again, what what's uh, what I think is 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 happening is you know again people are making assumptions based on party. I don't like that. Um, and and what's also happening is because George Soros is involved, the the right is also like having a freak out moment. Mm-hmm. And and you know so the Republicans are like, ah gosh, we got to stop this anti cop uh, mm-hmm. Democrat DA candidate. And I'm like, she's not. She's not anti-cop. She works for the freaking cops. Mm-hmm. She she is the lawyer for the police officers. Like she's not anti-cop. You yep. goofballs. <laughs> so like that's like this the weirdest the, one coming the, from. It's like what, how the you? Republicans. The Republican mentality recently has been like you're either all with us or you're you're completely against us, even if it's just one thing. Yeah. And that that that's a very tribal mentality. That's yeah, scary. But, so the, the anti-cop thing just just kills me because I've seen it a bunch of different places. We got to stop this anti-cop DA. She works for the cops, guys. Mm-hmm. What what are you talking about? You. Anywho, so she so she that's the whole thing. And then and I think that Sandra Dorley's approach to how the criminal justice reform bill that passed in New York State is is makes sense because. What, what their contention with that is, right, like what the actual policy fight over that is when you get past all the partisan nonsense is Sandra Dorley is worried about two things. One is that she doesn't like that uh, – I forget what the actual law is called, but basically that you can't set bail for certain types of like criminal break-ins um, in like home invasions, right? And so she doesn't like that because she feels like ca- – Cash bail. Yeah, you can't set – cash bail for for that um so judges are no longer able to do that she's concerned about that although the counterpoint to that and one of the points i disagree with her on is like bail isn't used as punishment bail is used to get people to show up back in court 
right? Which, again, Andrew pushed her on a bit during his interview. What I didn't know about bail, I had to pay someone's bail once. Those bastards keep 10%. I yeah, didn't know that. On, yeah, depending on, on what type of bail it is, yeah. they. You're supposed to get most of it back. but They kept 10%. I but was it, like, but, you got to be joking. Yeah, again, the whole point of bail, though, isn't to like keep someone in jail because they're dangerous. If someone's so dangerous that you don't want them out into the public, like you know they shot someone, then what you end up doing is you say no bail, right? You say, okay, you need to um, – we're going to detain you because you're you're a danger to the public. Right? right, that's what it's supposed to be. But but because you don't know that they are they have committed the crime, you haven't proved it beyond the shadow of a doubt, right? Like you can't hold them and punish them for the assumption of of being criminal, right? And so that's that's why the bail reform package had happened and everything like that. Um and <clears throat> anywho, so what they require now is is basically the re- least restrictive method possible as i understand it right so so if someone commits a crime like if bail seems really restrictive like they likely wouldn't be able to pay it and therefore they would end up staying detained yeah, because they couldn't pay bail disproportionate to the poor right exactly so and, and that's what we had made decisions on judges based on that too because we felt like some judges were setting really high bails for really small crimes mm-hmm. in a way that would just keep you yeah, know those in accused in jail, and, right. and that that wasn't cool to us. So what they could do is they have like pretrial release, they have house arrest, they have like all these other tools that they can use to like make sure that they come back to court, right? right. So that's that's the whole point. That's what bail's supposed to do is they're supposed to make it so they can they come back because you don't want to lose that money, right? Um, and some people but, put up like houses and stuff as collateral. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they'll they'll do different things like that. Um, I just I just know that if I had done something and you know they ended up getting arrested and they put a bail of five hundred dollars, I'm screwed. Yeah. So <laughs> so under a new system, in theory, they probably shouldn't set that for you, right? They either set they 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 can't set it for for like petty crimes, or they'll set it low enough. You know, a good judge would have set it low enough anyway, just to motivate you to come back, but without screwing you over. Right. But you know, me and you are going to get charged with thought crimes, right? <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So that's that's probably a full detention thing. Plot plotting to. You know, undermine the U.S. government. And no, we'll be sitting there in the in, in the uh, yeah in the same jail cell with Snowden, waiting for our trial. Yeah, we we are not doing anything on the level of Snowden. Um, but anyway, the other policy disagreement, which is like one of those in the weeds thing, was about money, right? Like the DA's office has to like change a bunch of things how, uh, of how they do things um, in order to. Uh, to implement this system, right? Like they just have to like retrain people. They have to, you know, reorganize their offices in a, in a particular way to, to make sure that like they're in compliance with the new law. And, and so San Jorge is like, yeah, we, we got this mandate, but we don't have any money to enact this mandate. Right. So like hmm. New York state should probably help us with that and give us more guidance unf- than what we have. An unfunded mandate. Wow. That's, yeah. that's such an interesting thing. I've never heard of such a thing. I know, right. Thing. Uh, and so, so the Democrats hit Cuomo. hit Sandra Corley, Sandra Dorley hard for that, uh, and you know, but but when asked like, oh, well, okay, but don't you need money and guidance from the state? They're like, oh, well, yes, we'll we'll get a grant. I'm like, oh, okay, so like you're you're you have the same position. So it's it's one of those right. It's, it's, one of those dumb things like I there's a lot of these positions I really wish were nonpartisan because I think national politics is polluting this race right 
Like people are making a bunch of assumptions based on national politics and party affiliation that aren't necessarily accurate. And I find that incredibly frustrating. Oh, like yeah. like DA's races and judge races, especially judge races, probably should be nonpartisan because you need to look at the individual in the race, see what their positions are. And mm-hmm. and I could see like you coming to a different conclusion on Sandra Dorley. I came to my conclusion because of all the reasons I laid out. But I could see you coming to a different conclusion on her, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. But like don't just be like, Oh, red team bad, blue team good or or the opposite way. Man right. it drives me nuts because these issues are really important. This is like the day to day issues that affects thousands of people in Monroe County. And by thousands, I'm not exaggerating. Go look at the court dockets one day, they're all posted on the county website and you can see all the different people who come in. The DA's office interacts with every single one of those people mm-hmm. in some way. Like that that's well, we just got to, you know, we just got to teach people that, you know, red team bad, blue team bad, gold team good. <laughs> that solves a lot of problems. It, you know, it would. It would. If if we could only do that, then <laughs> we'd be fine. Um, it's uh, half past Johnny Cash. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, no, it is. So we're, we're halfway through our show now, so it's, you know, uh, it's probably you, about time to. You had an axe to grind there. No, I mean, it's again, it's one of those issues is there's hypocrisy involved. There's like partisan shortcuts involved. Uh, it's it's one of those things where I don't I wish people would break out of that uh, that two party mindset, because in this race, uh, you know, I think the, the Democrats got it wrong. And I think the people like George Soros has got it wrong. Uh, and again, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of criminal justice reform and. And if I were living somewhere else and I hadn't looked much into this race, I'd probably assume he's right. I'd probably, like, take that side and be like, yeah, criminal justice reform. We need people mm-hmm. who do that. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've looked at other DA races. I've made, like, similar assumptions. Like, yeah, like, that's what we got to do. And, again, I, I made this assumption going in that would turn out to be wrong that Sandra Dorley's, like, one of these, like, tough-on-crime DAs, and she's really not. Mm. You know, it's not who she is. There are really bad tough-on-crime DAs out there. She's, that's not how the office well, is being run t- tough on crime isn't necessarily a good thing well yeah i mean that's that's my contention when i say tough on crime and i'm using like the language of that it's a lot of times that means defendants not getting their full rights prosecution being too aggressive um really bad plea deals and again plea deals aren't necessarily a bad thing they do like make things move quicker sometimes yeah and, and sometimes in a good way, but other times it can be a bad thing too. Yes, yes. And that's something that, like, I I really hope that Sandra Dorley's office is is critically thinking about. And I know she is. Like, all right, how do we both make sure the system moves effectively, and also like we don't end up with an unjust situation because we coerce someone into uh, a plea deal that that really shouldn't have been taken. Well, it's like the Felicia Huffman thing. She just got out of jail after serving what two weeks. Right. Well, that's. I mean, if we if we had lied on our FISA, if we'd lied on 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 our financial aid forms, we'd be doing months, if not years, in jail. So it's interesting because like the people I talk to who are mad at me because the decision we made kind of made an argument similar to you. Is that like the punishments should be more severe for typically privileged groups, right? And that was their argument, and that's not really something that like appeals to me. Yeah, that doesn't. I mean, make it more uniform. You know, that's, yeah, like things should you know. be more equal, but like my, I would err on the on the side of like we should be punishing people less. Less, like I'm not like, I think that like that level of punishment for that crime is probably appropriate, 
But there are other similar crimes where people spend years in jail, and that's a travesty of justice. And I'd rather deal with the latter than be upset that the former didn't get punished enough. I see what you're pointing at. Yeah, I see your point. Because, I mean, I know know, like there's a woman in Texas sitting in jail for life because she shoplifted. Yeah, and that type of stuff is bonkers. Like, there's no way that that is a just situation. Not at all. So like those type those type of people yeah they should they should be out like that's and that's the criminal justice form that I want I don't want to punish people more I want people who commit petty crimes to get punished less and to have to have them have a path to being successful and prosperous and not committing crimes anymore that's that's what I want that's what I think most libertarians want mm-hmm. is like get get restitution for whatever injustice was committed you steal something like get some restitution mm-hmm. for that but you don't need to punish people for their entire lives for it. Yeah. Is that they, you have the chance to be forgiven to move on to, like, take the next steps in your life. And if, if our criminal justice system is only focused on punishment and not on restorative justice and not on uh, uh, rehabilitation, then, yeah, I think the criminal justice system is failing. And, and I'm hopeful to see more and more of law enforcement and DAs taking the latter approach than, than the tough on crime, we just got to punish people approach that uh, we're doing now. And then, and again, I see some of the loudest voices on, on the right in in the Rochester community jumping into this race with like, that that's the dynamic they're trying to set up. The, we've got we've to be tough on crime, we've got to punish people, criminals are going to run rampant, and in, it's that versus people, you know... Uh, uh, just hating cops and and letting everyone go free and whatever you know like they they try to set up that 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 dynamic where you have a tough on crime versus anti cop and pro criminal and that's not that's not what's going on in this race yeah that's again that that dichotomy of just you're either for us or against us you're either you're either pro cop or you're anti cop and there's nothing in between there's no I'm pro citizen oh well that messes people up then you're just the enemy of both you know. And it's, you know, I, I, you know, I'm for citizens' rights, you know, I'm for, you know, following the law, I'm for equal administration of the law, you know, and I, I guess that makes me a bad guy, because that, that blows the minds of the tribal groups. Yeah. So, all right, break yourself out of that. We're going to take a quick Johnny Cash break, oh, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes here on Rochester Free Radio. I, I, bet, he, I bet he shot a man just to watch him die. Maybe. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Outside the Echo Chamber, the Liberty Talk Hour here on Rochester Free Radio, WRFZ 106.3 FM, the Liberty Talk Hour with Kevin Wilson and Sean Phelan. Hey there. Yeah. So, all right, guess we'll move on. We got our Johnny Cash fix in, huh? Yeah, we did. All we right. got it. Right. Um, and, I don't know, you want, you want to do a state issue now? Yeah, let's, well, how about a multi-state one? All right. Um... Okay, so last... Is it, a, is it a joint commission? Yeah, last Thursday, governors and representatives from New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Rhode Island all gathered in New York City Thursday, last Thursday, to discuss how to handle and control controversial issues of vaping and legalized marijuana, recreational marijuana. And the state leaders wanted to get together to form a universal policy for the regions so people don't cross state lines to skirt rules from one state to the other. Now, I listed those states. Do you see a problem with any of those states? I mean, several. 
but well, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island all got together. Yeah. Don't you think they forgot somebody? New York, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire. I don't know what. How about Massachusetts, where it is legal? Where it is legal, yeah. You know, you you might want to invite them to the table and find out what's working. Massachusetts was part of it. What's no, it wasn't. That's what I. That's why I wanted to bring this up because it's just like how, like asinine can you get? You talk to the experienced people when you find out how to do something. You know, if I want to, if I want to change my brakes and I want to learn how to change the brakes on my, my my truck, I'm going to reference someone who is experienced in this matters, who has done this before, yet they didn't even bother asking Massachusetts, hey, what's working for you and what's not working for you? And then maybe we can adapt that into this and make this an entire Northeast regional kind of thing. You know, uh, that would make a lot of sense, again, uh, because I imagine that the problem that they're trying to tackle is the fact that people keep going into Massachusetts, buying weed, and going home, right? Like, So you think, like, all right, you should probably have them there at the discussion. Yeah, I th- I thought they were part of it, honestly. Uh, no, that's, that's that's why I found, I I went and looked up multiple articles on it, and I, I realized that Massachusetts was not one of them that showed. I don't know if they maybe they were invited and didn't show. I don't know, but maybe maybe they just, just maybe they were just too high and overslept and forgot about it. You know, <laughs> happens to the best of us. Uh, but it's like, you know, uh, I mean. Right idea, wrong execution. Again, this is our government. That's, you know, right idea, wrong execution. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, I'll be curious, like, as, as more states start to legalize, because Vermont has, has legalized uh, marijuana. Um, as more states start to legalize, though, you, you, you know, you're going to have these weird situations where exactly what's happening in New York is like, all right, just drive over the border, buy some weed, come back. And, and now in New York, as long as you buy fewer than two ounces mm-hmm. it's fine you're still committing a federal crime because now you're you're crossing state borders right but state crime no it's right well it's like buying fireworks in pennsylvania back in the day you know you used <laughs> you to have to, back in the day well you used to have to go to pennsylvania buy your your legal fireworks yeah. and then you bring them across the new york border you know yeah. and of course if you get pulled over you're screwed yeah you know <sighs> It's like government can't get out of their way of tripping themselves up. It's it's like they they can't get out of their own way. It's like just legalize it, don't tax the heck out of it, destroy the black market by doing so. Yeah, right. And let's move on because the vaping all turned out to be a hoax, folks. It was uh, those people all got sick from using uh, black market uh, THC yep, cartridges. Right. And they were not any legalized. No, nope. uh, it wasn't. It wasn't legal uh, nicotine products. Right, nicotine that, products. It's, exactly. Um, and it, it was all legal THC. It wasn't the 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 legal stuff like that. You can buy like THC or yeah, medical marijuana vapes right. and CBD vapes right. um, at like New York State approved dispensaries. And and Governor Cuomo started telling people not to get those either. It's like, yeah. man, you don't even trust your own stuff. Yeah. Kidding me? Yeah. yeah. But those were all fine. It was the illegal stuff. There's there's a certain number of batches uh, that came out that someone had made. Uh, they were, you know, and, and this is it's something I found out from someone that I know who uses this. They're like, well, uh, they had bought those and they ha- came in like those those dank boxes. Um, 
which is if you see a lot of the news articles, that's what they show because they're saying like these dank vapes, they have cartoon characters and whatnot on them. Oh. They were the ones that like tend to do it. But turns out what happens is that isn't like a specific brand. That isn't a specific manufacturer. People just buy those boxes and then they fill in mm-hmm. the cartridges with whatever they want, right? Mm-hmm. So like there's no quality control on that. Not at all. And so that's a public service announcement. So like if you see those like those dank fake boxes, a lot of them have cartoon characters on them. Those are the ones that were kind of flagged as like a lot of those boxes, you can't trust what's in them. Mm-hmm. Right? You may be fine even if you were buying them before, you may be fine or you may not be because you've just got to trust that whoever you're buying your stuff from is is testing the quality of that product and, and chances are a lot of them aren't. But yet That's, if it was like sold at a legalized store, legalized shop, you know, you you'd know the quality would have to be there, otherwise that shop wouldn't be open for long if right. they sold bad product. You know, it'd be that simple. You know, and it's like you can't even it's like where's the common sense here, you know? I mean Yeah. No, you know, and, and pro- again, prohibition didn't work in the twenties. You know, and the the drug war is obviously a big failure. It's time to try something else. It's yeah, not working. But just yeah, but we we're we're creating more problems with prohibition than than we're solving, right? Mm-hmm. Like the problems of people getting sick. That's a problem created by prohibition. And, mm-hmm. the, and the that's solution, the bathtub. That's the bathtub gym. Right. And the solution that the governor governor seems to be promoting, and we've talked about this before, is like, all right, we're going to double down on what is causing the problem, and mm-hmm. maybe that'll so- solve it. No, ridiculous. Yeah. So well, the black market's going, yay. Yeah. Now yeah. if you're you're a black market dealer, all right, great. Time to buy some nicotine vapes. Get yeah. some flavored products. Yeah. Although now they because the, the court had uh had put an injunction on that order, right. right now it's it's still legal to have flavored uh nicotine e cigarette products. Uh there will be more legal battles in the future around that I'm sure. I'm I'm glad the vaping industry got organized and uh Yeah and Put a stop to and that. that's and that's happening in a few different states yeah. too. So, so it's good to see that. Um, yeah, we get it's just this reactionary stuff, and I know it bothers you so much that whole appearance that politicians oh let's appear like we're doing something about that's something, right. and that is that should show every voter out there that you have somebody in office who really shouldn't be there. Um, you know, for them to you know make such quick and what's the word I'm looking for like broad painted broad brushed you know assumptions about an entire industry without doing your homework and making a legislative decision um or I should say a dictatorial sh- you know decision yeah. before having all the facts and having everything to come to light I think that says more about your elected official than anything else and I think that uh, if you're a voter out there that should really send a huge message to you that these people really don't know what they're doing yeah i mean i'm tempted to vote for anyone who like tells me that they don't like understand an issue effectively and therefore they're going to defer making a decision on it oh god i would love for somebody to turn around and go i don't know enough i don't know enough about that subject to make an educated decision i'll have to get back to you yep yeah that'd be great no no everyone you got my vote (laughs) everyone just wants to jump in make a decision and like do things that are going to really impact the lives of many, many people. And yeah, that's, that's what's going on here, and that's what goes on with, with many laws and regulations. It's funny. In teaching, that's one thing they, they teach you don't ever do. Like if a student asks you a question, you know, give them the, they say give them the best possible answer. And I'm like, what? 
No, I mean, students are savvy enough and intelligent enough nowadays to figure out when you're lying to them, you know, or at least not giving them a full truth, you know. And they were like, no, you must always have the appearance that you, you have control, total control of the classroom and that you know what you're talking about at all times. Yeah. Otherwise, it destroys your credibility in the classroom. And I was like, what? Nah. I'm like, no, just the opposite. Own up to the fact that you don't know enough about the subject and tell them, I don't know enough about it to make an informed decision about it. Let me get back to you tomorrow well, about see, this. See, the risky thing is, is if you just BS and answer – Mm-hmm. Right, and then the student knows you're wrong. Then they've lost all respect because I was that kid. Right, right. Because right. like, like a, a teacher had said something to me like, "Oh, well, here's the answer." I was like, "No, actually, like the book says this, and like the internet says this, um, and so I think that that's the answer." And she's like, "No, I I said what I said, and like you just got to believe me. That I'm right." I'm like, "Yeah, it's not, but it's not what's going to be on the 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 regions though. Like you're you're wrong. Like and mm-hmm. you're like, no, you need to like be more respectful." Like, all right, and, and I, I immediately lost all respect for that teacher. I, was yep. like, I can't, I can't take anything you say seriously anymore because now I need to double. It ended up being good for me in a way because now it's like I gotta double check everything you say because yeah. I don't believe it. I need to like verify, you know, what you're telling me. Yeah, well, you d- you dared to you know think for yourself and uh, and uh, you know doubt the word of authority, you know. So, you know, you're just a you're just a rebel and a troublemaker now, you know. Yeah, it was weird. But- I was I was I was voted like class teacher's pet. Really? Which is weird because I always felt like I was such a dick to teachers. I really was. Uh, like, I, I'm sorry. I know I don't think there's any teachers out in Rochester listening to this broadcast right now, but I'm very sorry. I was such a jerk. Because <laughs> I thought I was right about everything. And some of the times I was, not all the time. Yeah. So I was up for class flirt and class clown. Nice. Yeah, which I didn't win, fortunately, yeah. <laughs> either. But, yeah, no, and it's, it's again, it's just... If my teacher came across as they were kind of full of it, and yeah, it destroyed credibility, and then I wouldn't take everything they said uh, as fa- so factual anymore. But as somebody who's taught GED in the inner city, you know, to minorities, and as an, as just an old white dude, you know, coming in there and then telling them this is the way things are, you know, they're going to be like, no, no, no. But if you turn around and you say, look, I don't know enough about that to make a decision, you know, to have an opinion, an educated opinion about, you know, you know, and or tell them, well, I don't know about it, but I feel this way about it. I'm going to have to get back to you when I know more about it, you know, stuff like that. They they actually respected that a lot more, you know, because it, it almost humanized you to them, you know, and, yeah. you know, it's, uh, if our politicians them about the process of learning too, like, hey, yeah. you're not going to be an adult and suddenly know everything. You're still going to have to learn stuff. And, and humility at the same yeah. time. You know, I don't know everything about everything, you know, and I'm not going to pretend like I do. Well, even though I'm a male and I do, of course. Um, but yeah, of course. <laughs> But no, seriously, you know, and if our politicians would just be a little more genuine in this respect, I, I think uh, I think we'd, we'd, we'd have a little more um, loyalty to the politician instead of the party, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I, I get, you know, because like, you know, Thomas Massey and Rand Paul, they've earned respect by, you know, voting with their conscience and not with their parties. Doing real hard. They're, they're really trying to destroy that right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's besides the point. But those are the but they those kind of people have earned our respect as libertarians, you know, because they're willing to stand up for what's right and do things in the most proper and humane way, as opposed to doing things by the party dictatorship, you know. And know. yeah, absolutely. All right, so we got we got about ten, uh, well, uh, eight minutes left. Um, Can I harp about my favorite Rochesterian? 
you you want to talk about? I I, I don't really right, want to talk something? about her. Yeah, right, I, no, because okay. I, 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 she's a private citizen now. Just leave me. No, she's a mess. <laughs> I know, but she's a private citizen now. I, I don't really feel like talking about her anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy to dunk on a public right. official anytime. All right, I won't talk about her, but we are. But I was referring to Astacio. Yeah, the drunk judge. Anyway, right. So no yeah. longer a judge. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, actually, you know, I want to talk about uh, uh, the Facebook thing. Yes. Right. Because yes, yeah, yes. so so two things going on with Facebook, uh, both kind of interesting and and sort of related to each other in a way. Uh, so Mark Zuckerberg was was in front of Congress this week, getting grilled by members of Congress because uh, the there was a, a Facebook ad that was being run. Um, that had some misleading or untruthful information. Really? I know. <laughs> shocked. Absolutely shocked. Shocked and appalled. Um, and so they were grilling him on that because they're like, well, is this type of thing allowed? And he's just like, well, yeah. And and the reason why he's like, he doesn't want to be the guy being the arbiter of truth for political ads. And and I get that. Like you don't. It's it's. It would be very weird to put a company like Facebook in that position where they have to fact check all of that th- all of that information, and then they run into even more political censorship issues because inevitably they're going to hire people who have their own biases, and they're going to fact check and shut down ads that may be legitimate. Right? They may be legitimate criticisms of uh, politicians. Because that, that, that's exactly my fear. And, and Mark Zuckerberg's like, no, nah, I don't want any part of that. And, and and I say this as someone who has to use Facebook every day, and I absolutely hate the ad reviewers right now. I'm so angry with those stupid prudes. Screw those guys. I, but I review the ads. Do you get paid by Facebook to review ads? No. Okay, then duh. you're you're not the guy I have the problem with. Oh, okay. I, have, I have the I have a problem with both the computers and the the the, the people review the the human reviewers who are out uh, shutting down all my ad accounts because like it for for dumb stuff like oh there's smoke in the background you're implying you're pro smoking like what does not it's just an effect guys right. chill out or oh that woman is like too scantily clad I'm like it's a woman in shorts yeah what what, what year is this 1888 <laughs> oh, she's show ankles. We can't. Anyway, screw Facebook reviewers. I have no love for those guys, and I wouldn't want those guys also reviewing my political ads, right? Because then suddenly, you know, we're running our libertarian political ads. We're like, oh, hey, yeah. what's going on? You know, we, we are well, critical of of X and Y politicians for these reasons, and then I'm gonna trust those guys to to do that. I mean, and that's already sort of happening, by the way. But don't forget what happened to us right before the election. Where Facebook just all of a sudden all our ads disappeared. Yeah, and and well, so what they did, and they did it at just a horrible time, and it was meant to to kind of screw over like you know smaller campaigns like like ours. Is they said you have to get permission from Facebook to run political ads, right? So what they said is like we can no longer allow you to run anonymous political ads. Your anyone running a political ad has has to be tied to an actual real person who has a provable identity, right? Right, right. Which so I'm like, okay with. Yeah, so so like what I had to do, and, and the problem is they, they didn't really inform people about it well. They didn't tell people when it was going to happen. And then they rolled it out right before the election. Right. Uh, so it, I was I was mostly on the ball. They had shut it down, and luckily I, I had 
been in a position to, to be able to do this. It's just some of the other people weren't. Um, so I had to like send in like my driver's license. I had to get a piece of mail at my address mm-hmm. and like submit a code based on that. And I do all these other things to prove that this is where I live. This is who I am. Really? You know, so. See, I had to, I had to do something similar. I had to put my ID in. I had to uh, send him a letter um, and I had to like commit a small animal sacrifice in Zuckerberg's name. Oh, and, see, uh, so you know the process. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and you yeah, just, yeah. You yeah. sign away your soul to, to, to the Zuck. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 all right, yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, all hail Zuck. Yeah, I feel like I'm being watched in my room constantly now. and Yeah, Yeah, that is uh, one of Zuck's demon spawn. He's just just watching you all the time now oh, yeah. on Facebook and in real life. Yeah, I can always tell when they're doing it too because I'll like get changed in front of the camera and I'll hear somebody screaming like off in the quiet distance. <laughs> I know, I know the government's been listening. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that, so that's what's going on with that is that that people like you know AOC, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez are trying to get Facebook to to be the arbiters of truth uh, in political advertising. And weirdly enough, a, a day afterwards, Facebook announces that they're starting their news tab, right? So what Facebook is going to do now, because they've, they've been fighting with like a bunch of news agencies, is they're going to create a news tab in the same way you have like your, your, you know, your Facebook TV tab and like your events tab and everything. They're going to have a news tab. They're going to – Facebook is going to pay news agencies, so like the, the New York Times, BuzzFeed, Washington Post, all those things to be featured in – uh, the news tab. So Facebook's going to curate what they think is the most accurate and reliable news sources. Uh, and well, there goes Fox News. <laughs> yeah. So you got to wonder, like, who are they going to include in that? Are they going to include Fox? Uh, maybe. Uh, are they going to include someone like Reason? Probably see, not. See, are they the, going to include Breitbart? Definitely not. And, the flip. Co- the flip side of that coin, though, is that if you want your stuff to appear, then you'll have to pay Facebook, and of course, Facebook will take your money and. Yeah, right. So, like, you can still have your stuff shown, right? Like, but, but Facebook is, is more and more, like, throttling, like, news articles because they, they feel like people get stressed out seeing news articles in their feeds, so they tend to show them less. But the way you can get them to be shown more is if you pay for ads. I know. If there's not, like, three cat videos an hour, I'm, I'm out of my mind. That's true. I watched many cat videos. Uh, there's, a, there's a great uh, Babylon Bee article that says, all Americans now united by watching videos of people hurting themselves. <laughs> and it's true. I definitely like, watched those. I was like, ah, oh, you idiot. Uh, and I'm like, wait, why am I watching this? This is terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I like watching like the OSHA training videos. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so anywho, <clears throat> Facebook's going to be like curating all these news sources. And they've gotten like good questions like, all right, you're going to include like Bloomberg News. Like what if Michael Bloomberg was successful in running for president? They don't write critical articles of him very often. What I want to know is what's going to happen to like the Babylon Bee and uh, the Onion. Right. I mean, yeah, they're 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 not news. Right. So like are, are they getting they wouldn't be included in a news tab for sure. I, I think I think there should be like a little logo in front of their their names that like will say satirical, you know, or something like that. You know, so it's it's well known. Yeah, I mean, satirical. Site, everyone you know. except for Snopes has figured out that Babylon be a satire. So, but no, there was that congressman that quoted it Yikes. not too long ago as a fact. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we'll we'll watch out for that. I'm not sure I'm gonna trust Facebook's curated news source here. But no, we uh, got uh, we got voting that started, right? Yeah, early voting starts today. So check the Monroe County Board of Elections website uh, for the, your locations. Uh, we post it on on the Monroe County Libertarian Party Facebook page too, so it's on there. Just as well. vote line F. <laughs> That's right. 
Vote F for freedom. Yep. <laughs> and they even had to separate us from the rest of us because there was just we we don't want contamination from the other parties. Right, something like that. All right, guys, uh, we we, we got to get out of here. Uh, uh, coming up next is Crumdy's Corner, so stay tuned for that, and we will be back next week. Talk to you then. This episode of Outside the Echo Chamber is sponsored by Wilson Digital. Your candidate, political organization, or nonprofit look to expand your digital presence, Wilson Digital has the expertise you need to make an impact. Whether it's social media advertising, banner ads, YouTube, search engine marketing, SEO, or web design, Wilson Digital helps you get in front of the right audiences at the right time to advance your cause. Learn more at wilsondigitalroc.com echo.